U.S. farmers and ranchers in action would like to recognize the sponsors of the 2020 Honor the Harvest Forum. Welcome to Farm Food Facts. I'm your host, Phil Lempert. One of the biggest problems that many farmers and ranchers have doesn't have anything to do with soil or climate or water. Yes, these are all issues that we must solve, but the one problem that is much easier and quicker to solve has to do with technology, specifically connecting rural communities to broadband 5G. Today, I'm joined by Marcy Green. She and her husband, Lonnie, are the sixth generation on her family's farm in southeast Spokane County. Their two sons have now joined the farming operation. Congratulations, Marcy. Uh, they raise wheat, bluegrass seed, barley, dry peas, lentils, and garbanzo beans. I love saying garbanzo. Our next guest is Sam Kiefer. He serves as the American Farm Bureau Federation's Vice President of Public Affairs, where he leads the AFBF public policy, advocacy, and economic teams in advocating for farmers and ranchers with Congress and the administration. Sam's roots are on his family's grain and beef farm in Pennsylvania. Marcy, Sam, welcome to Farm Food Facts. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you for so, having us. Yes. So I want to I want to read something that I came across of the um, Office of Economics and Analytics of the FCC Commission uh, working paper, which I didn't realize. I've never seen uh, facts that are that are this stunning before, and I, I want both of you to comment on them. Uh, crop yield improvements from increased internet penetration rates at thresholds of 25 megabits per second download and three megabits per second upload speeds, uh, which is not very much. Uh, first of all, we, we want to say that among the findings, doubling the number of 25 plus three plus connections per thousand households is associated with a 3.6% increase in corn yields as measured in bushels per acre. They also found evidence of cost savings at thresholds of 10 megabytes per second download and 0.768 megabits per second upload speeds um, with a 2.4% decrease in operating expenses per farm operation. That amounts to 6% of, you know, uh, of, of a difference for a farm, which, to be honest with you, uh, from everything and every farmer that I talked to it, it's basically the difference between survival and prospering. Uh, Sam, you know, what do you say when, when you read things like this? Why hasn't the government, you know, moved forward to improve it? And I know there's this new committee that FCC has done, and, and that's great news, and hopefully it moves quickly, but this is absurd. You're right. And you know, farming is an occupation that runs on small margins. And you know, six percent is 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 more than difference between um, survival and and flourishing. You know, farming is becoming, you know, not becoming, has been for quite some time very technical, and there is amazing technology available to farm families and ranch families to be more efficient, extremely precise with with their inputs. Um, but that takes data. It takes internet access and not just, um, you know, shoddy internet access. It takes reliable and high speed internet access to utilize these tools, to store the data, to leverage the information that's available to help make informed decisions. And in many cases, you know, instantaneous decisions is what you're going to do 
on the farm. You know, we see this uh, akin to rural electrification. I mean, many moons ago, there was a very large concerted effort by the federal government to put um, reliable electricity in, in homes all across the nation. Today, we don't think about electricity until the power goes out. Um, and many homes don't think about um, internet and broadband until the Wi-Fi router goes down. Um, but these are not just homes, you know, farms are businesses, and you know, we, we need to make sure that, that we position you know, our, our nation, our government, our economy to prioritizing uh, reliable and high-speed broadband all across the nation. So, Marsh, tell me about your internet. Um, do you have good internet on the farm? Our internet is okay. It's not, I wouldn't call it good, but it's better than some. Um, here at our house for our office, we're very limited in our options for internet. What we actually use is um, basically hotspots from our cell phone plan. Um, that's, that's our main home internet. Um, we've tried satellite internet and it was not, satisfactory at all it was slow um we aren't there's um some places they have internet availability where and i'll first of all apologize i'm not a technical person i don't know all the right words to use That's but, fine. but where you have to be able to see a tower from your house in order to receive the internet signal and I, our house actually sits down in a hole a little bit with a lot of hills around it and so we aren't able to visually you know have that line of sight to any of those towers so what we deal with is um like i said just using our our cell phone plan hotspots and that's our main internet as far as out in the field um when my husband and sons are out you know working and and trying to use internet, which they do a lot in the field, you know, with the technology, just like Sam was saying, we use a lot of technology and mapping and things. And, and it's all just, it's real spotty. It depends where you're at in the field. Um, and, but I also work with a lot of other farmers who would love to have the internet capabilities that I have, even though I complain about mine all the time, but, um, you know, there's, I'm very involved in the Wheat Growers Association here in Washington State. And so we do a whole lot of Zoom meetings now that uh, in the last year. And, you know, some, some people in order to participate in those meetings, they have to get in their vehicle and drive down the road a half a mile or a mile to where they have good enough service to actually connect. So. Um, like I said, mine personally is okay, not great, but we get by with it. So, so uh, matter of fact, uh, I'm smiling because we've had farmers right here on Farm Food Facts that in order to be interviewed, had to get into their truck, do it on the cell phone and do exactly what you said, drive a couple miles away uh, right. to have, you know, enough signal. So how would your business change um, on the farm if you had reliable, strong internet access? Um, I think 
mostly I'm thinking about, you know, in the field, there are a lot of precision agriculture applications and things that we could do more of in terms of mapping and um, GPS. We do use GPS and those things, but we could do more of it. Um, right now, a lot of what we do has to be done, like, you know, they take a iPad or whatever out to the field and they do their mapping and then they have to go to an office or someplace that has good enough internet to upload it into the computers and into the system. Um, you know, if that could be done uh, in real time, that would be helpful. I don't, the fact that you um, quoted earlier about the speed of internet connectivity and how that impacts profitability, I had not heard that before, but it makes a lot of sense to me because with the current farming practices that we use, um, a lot of it, is we like for example, we do variable rate fertilizer and that's all based on mapping of your fields and GPS and things. And by using that, number one, we get the fertilizer into the part. We spray more in areas of the field where um, we can utilize the, the nutrients more. And then we back it off and spray less where we don't. And that's all done automatically, but it's all based on the maps and GPS. So um, that ends up, it increases yield and it decreases expenses because we're not using um, products that that we don't need. Um, we're, we're just much more efficient. So that, like I said, I hadn't heard that fact before, but it doesn't surprise me either. So Sam, <clears throat> let's talk about the American Farm Bureau Federation's uh, commitment and mission to broad band infrastructure. What are you guys doing and what's the timeline for this? Well, thank you, Phil. So we represent, you know, farm and ranch and rural families from all across the country. And, you know, in a pandemic, you know, how do we engage with our folks when we're in the people business and you know, under normal circumstances, we engage with our folks in face-to-face -face meetings. Um, so we, we've had to learn how to operate differently. And that has shown a light on um, the greater light on the need for more reliable uh, and better broadband infrastructure all across the, the nation. Um, last year, we were active with um, you know, Congress trying to achieve legislation um, that would help set the stage on, on where we go from here. Uh, I think most parties engaged in this conversation understand that there is a need to invest. Uh, but in a time like now, when the federal dollar you know, needs to be prioritized, we want to make sure that, that we are focusing our efforts for where it's needed most and where it can have the, 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 the best opportunity for the broadest impact. And uh, one, of the, one of the first and foremost areas is, is in identifying where to spend uh, where to invest federal resources, um, we need to look at how we are currently analyzing and improve how we're analyzing where those soft spots are in uh, broadband access. You know, for, for, for years, decades, 
um, we've been measuring uh, penetration of high-speed internet uh, by how the um, delivery companies, the broadband companies are reporting back to the Federal Communications Commission. And um, it, it's a very low bar, a very low bar. So if, if a handful of, of, of households in, in, a, in, in a certain square mile radius have you know, decent uh, internet access, that area is considered served not underserved, but served. It's a very low bar. So the first thing we need to do is get uh, more granular data on um, the, um, the, the, the speeds of, of internet in households in, in, a much, in a much better fashion so that we can identify when, where, and how to, to spend uh, federal dollars. The Biden administration um, has, you know, has made it a priority of theirs to focus on, on broadband. The Trump administration previously, you know, made it a priority of theirs to focus on broadband, and there are there, there's various attempts to to get the ball rolling, but what we where we need to start is to figure out and properly measure where we need the 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 infrastructure where we need the um, to to invest those dollars because the information we have right now, Phil, is 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 not as reliable as it could or should be. So what you're telling me is when I'm watching TV and I see all these uh, cellular companies advertising that they've got 5G, it's, it's nationwide. They're showing you, you know, in rural areas, on farms that everybody has 5G. Don't believe it. I, I won't say don't believe it, um, but. You can or I can. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. If 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 Marcy, you know, uh, doesn't doesn't have good service and, you know, we could change the economics by six percent. Um, and again, that was just on on corn. Um, you know, I don't believe it. And and, you know, you, you said that the current administration and the administration before it have it as a priority. If it's a priority, why, why didn't it happen over the past four years? Great question. I think a lot of it has to do with where we, where we spend our, where we prioritize and, and, and how we focus on it. And there, there's a lot of discussion out there about, about satellite um, as, as an opportunity. Um, Marcy gave you her, her experience with, with, with satellite. There are opportunities um, to get connected, but the latency uh, and the speed of that connection, you know, is it leaves some to be desired. You know, right now, a lot of our folks are needing to utilize uh, a cellular uh, 5G in order to connect, uh, not just for uh, interviews with you, Phil, but also for work, for school, uh, making sure their kids are, are, are you know, socially and academically connected, you know, in the middle of a pandemic. Um, it, 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 we, we need Congress, you know, to make it a priority. The administrations, uh, current and previous administrations said it's a priority, but, but we, we need, you know, bold leadership and bipartisan leadership uh, in, in the federal government to, to make it a priority and be willing to spend some money and to partner with the private sector to focus um, you know, uh, private and public dollars in, an, in a manner to adequately expand 
broadband access. And this is not just a rural issue. This is this this is an issue that transcends population density. Uh, there there are there are schools uh, school students in in you know highly populated urban centers that cannot get access um, reliable access to to connect to their classrooms. Uh, so Sam, as, as I look um, across farming in general, um, what we've seen over, over the past year since the pandemic began is consumers for the first time really seeing um, the frailties of our supply chain. Um, and a lot of attention is there. A lot of attention is you know those people who are working on farms. People are more concerned now um, more than ever, at least in my lifetime, about farmers making money, farmers' uh, importance to our livelihood. Do you think that you know the wind is now at our back, and whether it's broadband or any other issues that Marcy and, and other farmers are facing, that we will now have you know more power and more attention uh, for farmers and ranchers? You you raise a good point, Phil. You know, certainly, you know, farmers have been widely respected by the American public for quite some time. But, you know, April and May of last year was the first time, you know, that many generations in this country saw empty shelves in the grocery store. And it was scary. Um, you know, and, and the, the supply chain burped. We, we needed to... Uh, um, on a dime, shift from producing uh, the, the the supply chain itself, shift from manufacturing and packaging you know, food and food items for uh, restaurant and commercial settings to retail grocery shelves. The food was there, but the system in between had to catch its footing and regroup. And that caught the attention of, of Americans all across the country. And while Americans were widely respected prior to that, um, I think you're right that more more folks now um, have have the empathetic sense of of, of what it takes to grow food. Um, we had an amazing or, or, organic campaign um, that that our members across the nation uh, latched onto um, hashtag Still Farming that they used to tell the story and. Uh, we used to more or less help set the public at ease that there is not a food shortage. We just need the supply chain to to catch up. And um, we reached a tremendous amount of of people uh, throughout that very organic campaign. But uh, th- throughout all of this, th- there is what I would what I would call not just a renewed interest, but a reinvigorated interest in uh, consumers getting to know and support. Uh, farmers in their communities, as well as farmers, farm families, ranch families, you know, realizing that there's an opportunity there for them to you know, engage in those conversations as well. And it's not just the transactional uh, uh, relationship of, hey, I've got, I've got cattle, let, let me sell you, you know, some, some beef. Um, we're also talking about, you know, those, those, those issues that impact the economy, that most of the time, you know, farmers and ranchers um, are, 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 and, and agribusinesses are just thinking about because it impacts their pocketbook. Um, but I think the, the American public is seeing, you know, with renewed interest uh, you know, for the first time in quite some time, that those issues impact them as well. 
you know, will it make things easier? I hope, but at this, but at the same time, you know, agriculture, um, you know, is, is not the only sector of the economy that, that experienced the supply chain burp. And, you know, you know, we're, 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 what we're talking about here is, is broadband and, you know, information is, is an access to you know, fast information is, is vital, not just to agriculture, but every sector of the economy. You talk about healthcare and you talk about, you know, our children and, and family members, you know, needing to you know, engage in, you know, uh, telehealth, you know, for their annual checkups, <clears throat> you know. So I, I think all these things, you know, coming to a head create an opportunity for agriculture, the food industry, um, you know, the, the rest of the economy to really join hands and say, you know, we, we've been chewing around the edges of this discussion for quite some time. Let's, let's put partisan talking points to the side. Let's put a you know, rural, rural and urban differences to the side, because in this instance, you know, those things unite us. And let's, let's, let's focus on creating and delivering solutions that will uh, offer reliable broadband um, access to all parts of the nation, not just one. So Marcy, we're gonna give you the last word. Um, and, and it's a two part question. Number one, how has farming, um, your farming uh, changed during the pandemic? And what are you looking forward to after this whole pandemic is over? Well, as far as how it's changed um, during the pandemic, I don't, our farm has been fairly insulated um, just in that we're very, we aren't high labor intensive like some types of agriculture. Um, and the people who work on our farm are primarily our family members. So we're already relatively remote um, in that, but it has impacted well, it's impacted some of our prices for our products that we sell. And it's also impacted um, getting parts. And um, the part of it was because this, uh, they slowed down. <laughs> the right. transportation um, structure slowed down and, and the local dealers aren't, don't always, aren't always able to um, stock the parts that we need and so when something breaks down and they say oh well you need this part but it's going to take us four days to track it down and get it here um so that's one thing and then other than that it's um there's also a lot of things that have to be done virtually where we used to just go to meetings um for example my husband and my sons all have private applicator pesticide licenses they have to get credits every year, continuing education um, credits to maintain those licenses. In the past, the local fertilizer chemical dealers all had, um, you know, a couple times a year, they would have in-person grower meetings. And so, you know, that if you attended those, you got your credits for your license. Well, those aren't happening. So now everyone has to get um, their credits by attending virtual workshops and Zoom meetings and things. And um, so that that has been a challenge. Um, in fact, they're working on that in, in my family and on our farm. That's what they're doing this week. And um, I mean, yesterday, just for example, 
I personally attended um, four Zoom meetings <laughs> um, having to do with our, our state and national wheat organizations. And at the same time, my husband attended three other uh, Zoom meetings trying to get his pesticide credits. So um, yeah, our internet was being used 100% yesterday, all day long. Um, but those are ways that it has impacted us. And as far as what I'm looking forward to when this is all over is face-to-face, face-to-face uh, -face interactions with my fellow farmers and growers and in-person meetings. Um, I, the, the value of having that face-to-face -face interac interaction just can't be replaced on with the technology, with Zoom and, and virtual meetings. Well, well said. Um, so Marcy, Sam, thank you both so much for joining us today on Farm Food Facts. And we look forward to Marcy and every other farmer in the country having broadband very soon. Thank you. Thank you, Phil. U.S. Farmers and Ranchers in Action would like to recognize the sponsors of the 2020 Honor the Harvest Forum. Our movement sponsors, United Soybean Board and National Pork Board. Our presenting sponsors, Wells Fargo, Cargill, and DMI. Our platinum sponsor, the Native American Agriculture Fund. Our gold sponsors, Bader Rudder, Bayer, Corteva, Dairy West, Edelman, Ernst & Young, the Foundation for Food and Agriculture Research, Frog, McDonald's, Nebraska Soybean Board, and Nutrient. Our silver sponsors, CoBank and OCP North America. Our bronze sponsor, Nestle Purina. Our copper sponsor, Ruan. And our donor sponsor, Tyson. For more on all things food and agriculture, please visit us at usfarmersandranchers.org. Also, be sure to look out for us on Facebook at U.S. Farmers and Ranchers and on Twitter at USFRA. Until next time.